This podcast is sponsored by Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear. It is the best. It's literally the only underwear that I wear. It's amazing. It is uh, the softest, most comfortable pair of boxer briefs that I've ever worn. I love their flower of life print. Uh, they, they're really comfortable. They have moisture wicking fabric. They're stretchy uh, and they have compartments that separate your man parts. They're, they're great and they're amazing. Bobby, the owner, is a huge fan of podcasts and comedy and, and liberty. And uh, they're just really awesome. And their underwear is amazing. And uh, let me tell you, when you get these underwear, you are going to feel so much more breathability down there, so much more air circulation. Not Nothing's going to be tight, scrunched up like those crappy boxer briefs you're probably wearing. And by doing so, it will activate your chakras and your third eye will explode. And you'll be like, oh my God, I see the world so much differently now, all because of this extremely comfortable pair of sheath underwear. Yeah. So they're great. Check out them and uh, just go to sheathunderwear.com, put in the promo code Mikeadelic at checkout. You get 20% off. That's sheathunderwear.com, promo code Mikeadelic for 20% off. Also check out Mushroom Revival. Put in the code Mikeadelic. You get 15% off. And then shout out to Student Loan Tutor. If you have student debt, go see the debt shamans. Uh, Zach Geist is a, a real wizard. And uh, you got to check them out because they could potentially help you. They helped me big time. So uh, check that out. Once again, all the links are in the show notes. All right. Let's get into the conversation with Thaddeus Russell. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. So how you been, man? I am, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Things are great with Renegade University. And uh, we really, really did turn a corner six months ago and um, just have a ton of new students, new members, ton of new courses. um, And we have, we're about four times bigger than we were a year ago. (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, it's it's been really crazy and wonderful, and uh, I hate to admit this. Ah, oh, fuck! God damn it, Mike! You already got me to say something I don't want to say. Yeah, you <laughs> fucking asshole! <laughs> God damn it! All right, just between you and me. Sure. 
Don't tell anybody this. Okay. I'll kick your fucking Italian ass. If you say anything, there we go. You got it. This is just a private one-on-one, right? This does not leave this room. Doesn't leave this room between these two squares. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, I mean, I think, I think that would have happened eventually, but um, unfortunately the lockdowns, or fortunate, I guess, fortunately, I hate to say anything about the lockdowns that's positive, but the lockdowns forced me to go to move the podcast entirely online, like what we're doing now. So since the lockdown, I've been doing it just like this with Zoom video. So that made it into a video podcast, which increased the audience. Boom, right? It also made booking guests a hundred times easier than having to like meet them face to face, right? And because my guests are from all over the world, certainly from all over the country. And so I was traveling a lot and having to be in, you know, major cities all the time. And, and that's when I wasn't living in a major city for a little while there. So it was just like crazy. But yeah, when I now I, it's I have no problem booking guests. So the podcast has been really regular because of that. The quality of the guests has just been stupendous. Um, and then it also like pushed us, we had done these before, but it pushed us to do webinars. We had really, we were going to do like streaming video courses. Um, and those were good, but we found out that webinars were really what people wanted. And um, they want both for sure. The the video courses, they were selling fine, but like the webinars just exploded when we started doing them again during the pandemic. Um, and uh, that's... Yeah, it was because again, like it was, it, we were forced to do this kind of stuff. But then it turned out, I mean, you know, look, World War II gave us how many innovations that we all cherish to this day? I mean, it's countless pretty much, right? It's like every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, that's from World War II, you know, some really good thing, like some technological advance, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I'm good, but we're still in this fucking lockdown. Um, yeah. But what and, you're saying is yeah. it's good because a lot of good things have come for it. And basically you think, you know, Fauci re- should remain where he is and you support it all. Yeah. So we established that. That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, fuck that. Yeah, like, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like the success of my business is so goddamn important. This sort of tells you how bad the lockdowns have been for me that my mental health isn't all that much better than it was a year ago. Like, even though I had this, I've had this tremendous success over this year, you know, like the lockdown fucked up like my mind. Yeah. More than anything. I mean, yeah. And it's the, even, and I'm like lucky, man. Like I have a girlfriend, you know, I spend, you know, more than half my time here with her. Like, and I see my, I've seen my son all the way through it. And um, and then I have like this incredible network of friends that I talk to just like this on zoom and, you know, I'm fucking lucky, but dude, it has felt like I've been on the goddamn moon for more than a year. These assholes, like I am mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just the lack of society, mm. the lack of society, there is no society. Mm. Like there's no the masks, I mean, people like are always getting on me. Why are you so upset about masks all the time? It's not that big a deal. No, it is a fucking big deal when you can't see people's faces, man. Yeah. 
Are you trying to tell me that people's faces are unimportant? How important are people's fucking faces? And why do we have to explain this? Yeah. Yeah. It radically diminishes the quality of everyday life for every single person in this society. Across the board. It makes it more difficult to know what gender (laughs) pronoun to use when they're wearing a mask, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for lightening it up. I was was about to get really pissed there. Dude, it's okay, Um, man. Yeah, I mean, we've all gone crazy, you know? And so my my turn recently has just been, you got to fucking laugh at all this shit because it's just so chaotic. It's such a mess. People are fucking insane. And the only way to to beat it is by being insane yourself. (laughs) I don't know, man. I can't, I can't do that. I, I, you know, I, I think I have a very good sense of humor, but on this one, <laughs> no, there's some, no, there's a few political things, political issues where I, I find nothing to be funny. Like, so yeah. like war, like war ain't nothing funny. Just, just nothing, not from the top to the bottom sideways, backwards. I, there's nothing funny about it. Fuck it. Like yeah. I will never laugh about a war joke at a war joke, um, you know, and shit where like the human body where violence is done to the body by the state, like those places, you know, prisons, nothing funny, nothing right. funny. There's no prison joke that I've ever found funny. In fact, I find them all offensive. Sure. Um, yeah. Immigration for that matter. Yeah. Building a wall is not like, you know, the, for the liberals, it was just like stupid for Trump to do this. Right. For me, it's barbaric, you know, right. like it's, um, like it just still astounds me that like we get to from no fucking dumbass American luck of having just been born in this place. We get to decide whether Mexicans get to live in California. What the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> um, and that's human lives and bodies and people die because of it and people suffer incredibly just physically from it. If nothing else, you know, nothing else. But sure, um, yeah. those right. things, those things. I'm sorry, you know. I'll laugh about pretty much, I can find funny, I can find humor in just about anything else, but those, those issues, those three or four, like, those are my big ones that I'm most, most passionate about and where I just, I think it's actually really important to not find anything funny in them because sure, you're, you're not going to change people's minds if they think something is funny, right? Um, if it's, if you can laugh at something, how terrible is it, right? Um, so Anyway, well, sure. I mean, there, I think and it would be ridiculous for you to come out and and start like, you know, like that. That's not your thing. That's like we'll leave that to like the comedians and the whoever else or whatever. You know, they're making an impact in a certain way uh, in the culture and you're making an right. impact in a certain way. You're making a huge impact because, in my opinion, yeah. you're you're changing the minds and the hearts of people who actually want to learn about real things that are actually mm. happening in the world. And you call it, you know, renegade university and it's weird that like we have these are the renegades but that's kind of what history tells us right and as a as a student of history what do you what do you what is wrong with people today what is going on why are we in i mean this is a huge question i know but i mean just just you know like throwing it out there because it's like what what leads to our mental sickness in, in your opinion, like I know that there's, you know, it's it, it's kind of the 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 war against the uh, the the so-called, you know, the renegades and the moral, the guardians of moral morals and values and the purity. But you, can yeah. you really distill it down to that? Is that still what's prevalent? Is that still what's what's killing us? 
what's killing us, what's killing me and probably you is conformity and then obedience to the state and, and authority generally. Obedience to authority, really. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> um, I think you're supposed to say obeisance, actually. But um, obeisance to authority, obedience, either, either one. You all know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, my girlfriend and I were just saying yesterday, like, as soon as Newsom says masks are, we don't need to wear masks, everyone will stop wearing masks, which on the one hand, it's like, oh, good because at least i can't wait for that to happen but it's also sickening because it, it just tells you and it's actually it yeah it just tells you that they're wrapped around his finger you right. know um that's just i mean first of all it's it's the that is the seed of fascism you know um it's not fascism in itself but that's that is the basis of fascism when the people see the head of state as the father figure that's that's where fascism starts like ask any philosopher of fascism any historian of fascism any ex anybody who actually knows it who read the original italian texts um and knows the german history and then the american history in the 1930s you know it's like yeah with all of them with hitler mussolini franklin roosevelt um wherever there was a fascist moment there was the very explicit, and this was very deliberate, laid out by the Catholic Church originally, and then the fascists took it up, you know, um, making of the head of state into the father. Um, and what people don't understand is like, that's a truly paternalistic relationship. Like they're not, they're not sadists. They're not interested in like killing everybody or imprisoning everybody, right? Hitler was very good to a lot of Germans, you know? Um, Mussolini was very good to a lot of Italians, especially working class, working class people, right? Roosevelt was very good. He got, gave a lot of jobs to a lot of working class people. I mean, you know, jobs working for the government, you know, these are not the kinds of jobs I would want or like, that's certainly not my dream. For a lot of people, that's like utopia, Mike. Can you believe that mm -hmm. shit? Like, right. like the Bernie Bernie Sanders, right? That is truly, that is absolutely the Bernie Sanders utopia is that everybody's working on a New Deal project. Everybody is working on a New Deal, right? So, well, that's the Green New Deal. That's exactly what that is. So that everybody's working for the government directly. That's actually their dream. That's utopia. They, they masturbate to that fantasy. That is, that is the, that's, that's right. That's the promised land. But think about that. If that's your promised land, a government job where there's a f American flag on your fucking uniform, then I want to rethink some values here, people. And tell me if the left actually even knows what freedom means anymore. I mean, yeah. no, but I'm right. Think of that is no, Bernie's, you're totally right. Yeah, that's yeah. Bernie's vision, not of like the midway point. But of the end point, that's that's social democracy. That's what they have, you know, in Sweden. And he just wants it to even be more complete. Government jobs, government jobs, government fucking jobs. And the Trumpists want the same shit, by the way. Steve Bannon, I, I watch Steve Bannon every day. I'm a huge fan. I hugely recommend it. It's like half of American politics. Everyone's ignoring it. But like, you got to study this dude. He's fucking fascinating. 65% um, of his politics, I can't stand. But it's the same kind of shit. It's this, um, it's this nationalist populism, mm -hmm. um, 
where the dream is there's factory work. Also, they love factory work and then government jobs like Bannon has totally been for government jobs, public works. Trump, remember, very was like it was his first six months, right? Wasn't it a, the big infrastructure bill or something? Or and that was that was the New Deal, yo. That was like the most social democratic shit that's happened since since the 1960s. And it was Donald Trump who it was his idea. It was Bannon's idea and Trump's idea. You know these so-called not. Yes, it's a bit fascist, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, a bit, there's um, a bit of truth there. Yeah. But but of course, the fucking idiots accuse Trump of fascism night and day, but never about that. Right. Yes. Never right. about what's actually fascist. Do you know why? Mm. But Mike, because what is actually fascist about Trump? Oh, shit is fascist about AOC. Right. Is fascist about Bernie Sanders is fascist about Franklin Roosevelt. All their heroes wanted this exact same thing. Massive public infrastructure projects owned, operated, managed by the government. Uncle Sam is your boss. You have an American, you're wearing a uniform and you have a, you have a fucking American flag on it. And you tell me that's a left-wing vision. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a left-wing, that is the left-wing vision. You f I, wanna, I wanna see every lefty in the country on stage right now, answer me that. I want to I wanna confront all of them right now. I want every one of you to tell me why is that your vision and why is that, what is left-wing about that? Emma Goldman would have really had that as a vision, really? Really? Hmm. What yeah. the fuck is this? This is, you want, these, your, your vision looks like the dentist office to me. Like that's about the, as appealing as it, who the, like, you know, Abby Hoffman, really? He would look at this and be like, oh, yeah, that's totally what I lived my life for. Lenny Bruce died for that. Is that what Lenny Bruce died for? Yeah, it's 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 twisted. What? Yeah, it's totally twisted. <laughs> it, you know, it, it's uh, I oftentimes I think last time we, we spoke, um, you know, I. Well, it's, it's interesting because I since leaving part of the problem that I did with Dave and then yeah. I remember I remember like I was like, man, I'm going into like psychedelic because I really feel like there's, you know, there's something here about like psychedelics that liberate you that open your mind that, you know, and I really thought that the psychedelic community could really be this kind of nonconformist you know, kind of, uh, you know, free, free freedom, like kind of movement. And I don't see that at all. I don't see it at all. I haven't seen it. I've, I've sort of reached a point where I'm like, well, it's kind of a failure uh, because they're they're you know, and, and I remember even like telling Dave, I was like, Hey, he was going on the Tom Woods show. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is right after Trump one. I was like, this is a great opportunity for us to communicate with lefties um, to get them on board with the things that really matter, like the wars and, you know, the, the prison and the, the war on drugs and stuff. And I think he, he went on Tom, Tom's show and talked about that, man, that did not happen. It hasn't happened. We can't reach the, them. It seems like they are, uh, they could be great allies, but there's Ooh. this little, it, the left, like people on the left, like people that are liberals, like when I was in college and we were, uh, well, I say know. that, sorry, I say that like really pointedly because, yeah, yeah, because, um, so I'm a historian of the left. Like, that's one yeah. of the things I, I studied and researched and have written about, right? And 
It's quite a complex beast. In fact, I'm going to teach a course at Renegade University on the history of the left, um, which I'm really looking forward to. It's the most fun thing awesome. to teach. Um, and so, you know, the examples when I was just screaming and ranting a minute ago, right, that I pulled up, right, of the left wingers in history, right? Emma Goldman and Abby Hoffman. All yeah. right. And Lenny Bruce. Now, that's the left, the historical left. It doesn't exist anymore, but that's the historical left that I love, yeah. that I want to bring back. That, you know, now I've devoted my life actually to bringing back. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, right there with you. Yeah. My, my whole public career has been devoted to that very thing. I, like I want, I want a huge left-wing movement of people like that, of Emma Goldman, Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor. Um, and who was the other one I said? Um, uh, Abby Hoffman. Abby Hoffman. Yes. Right. Right. I mean, Back when the left was about, like when my parents were in it, when I was a kid here in Berkeley, you know, here's what the left was marching in the streets for, okay? Desegregation. Hmm. I think every one of us is for that. Awesome, awesome cause, right? Not this bullshit Black Lives Matter. This is some real racist shit going on. Um phenomenal they fucking desegregated the united states of america this giant and i am the biggest critic of the civil rights movement i am the biggest critic of like much of black politics desegregation are you, you that's like it's under celebrated mm -hmm. what gets over celebrated is martin luther king and how fucking saintly he was right um but what gets under celebrated is desegregation yo like that shit was that's an incredible accomplishment. And I mean, it, and it meant so much. Anyway, desegregation, the war. They were marching in the war, militant as fuck to stop this horrific war in Vietnam, right? Um, and free speech. <laughs> yeah. So the free, the free speech movement, very famous at Berkeley. My parents were a part of it, UC Berkeley in the early 1960s. You know, this was because the left was being suppressed at that time. And like in the early 60s, they were still being suppressed. Truly, not like now they own the media networks and claim to be suppressed. No, back in the 19, early 1960s, yeah, no, they really got suppressed. You weren't allowed to talk about politics on the main, on the, on the grounds of the campus of UC Berkeley. Mm. And that was this huge fight. It ended up being one of the major turning points in the 1960s in the whole history of the United States in the modern right. era. Um, and the left was so the left made free speech its cause because its its speech rights were being squelched, right? But I mean that's a slightly cynical interpretation, which might be right. But that's but interesting saying, that like, you said they made it its cause. I'm because I'm wondering like, is this not to cut you off here, but I just want to throw this idea out real quick. It yeah. seems like almost because I want to get your your take on this. Like, where did they how did they switch? Where was the turning point? Because right. it seems like they moved to whatever the the public, whatever's being pumped out into the public uh, minds, the culture, then it's like, OK, that's what the people are into and they want so that we'll take that position to give it to them. That that kind of seems how um, they move to wherever the. Well, oh, I see. No, I mean, not. so were they true believers in this stuff is the question? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, they were, you know, I mean, okay. to what extent? Look, 
how true a believer are we in anything really you and me like think about it like when push a political like a political issue you know mm-hmm. when push you know why because we're fucking soft rich american pussies all of us all of us all of us because we live in america we've never been in a war for the most part you know very few of us we've never seen combat most of us haven't even been in the military have no experience with that been no threat of anybody ever invading us conquering us pillaging us any of that shit you know, when you live, when you've lived in the heart of a superpower for more than a century, you get real, real, real fucking soft. Right. Yeah. Um, and stupid. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, the left, I think, was as true. Uh, they were as true believers as anyone. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, they were passionate. And, you know, you know this because because of the militancy that they demonstrated in the demonstrations in the sixties and early seventies, where, you know, they were really fighting cops in the streets. They were really smashing windows, not like fucking Antifa whose teeth should be smashed out. Mm. They were smashing windows. Now it was kind of stupid because it was also businesses that had nothing necessarily to do with the war, but at least it was like an anti-war protest, you know, and it's also, they were also correct that like the banks, which I think they targeted, by the way, I want to say this, I hope this is true. I think that they tended to smash the windows of the banks who were completely complicit in the war, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's that left, you know, it's, and it's funny because my parents were completely, that's who they were politically. That's exactly what they were doing. And then labor organizing, which is another, another thing that I'm not so keen on, but like their major issues were actually those things, right? Mm-hmm. My parents, that's what they were up to. Right. And that's, I think that's heroic. Now, my parents now, my parents now politically are a fucking nightmare. Like mm. it, it's a, like, they just watch MSNBC every single day and they, and they, and they call the Democrats, Mike, by their first names. First names, first names. So it's, yeah, it's Kamala. My parents are there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's Kamala and it's Joe and it's, and it's Gavin and it's no shit. Like it's Nancy and it's, it's like, I can't even. So how do you go from, you know, oh, and they believed Russiagate. How does the 19, how does the 1960s lefty? This is what, dude, this thing, that, this crescent right here makes me want to jump off a fucking cliff like my parents. How do 1960s lefties, because my parents are not the only ones who did this, who were anti-war, right? Who were for detente with the Soviet Union big time, right? How do those people end up believing that Russia installed a dictator in the United States of America? How, how, Honest to God, I don't. That's an, that's a transformation that needs explaining. It needs yeah. its own. His, it needs its own historian. It really does. It needs someone to write a. Maybe I'll do it. It needs someone to write <laughs> yeah. uh, write a book on that. But that's so pathetic, and it's yeah. so far um, from what I want them to be, which is what they were when they were young. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't. It's funny how much this has to do with my own biography and how like. I wonder how much of it is just simply like, uh, like some psychological, some Freudian shit on my part, you know, to like all my projection parents. or something. But, but, but you no, know, to but, all my, 
Yeah. Or to yeah. want my parents to be like the golden childhood before everything went to shit or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Make, I don't make know. my parents great again. Yeah. That is yeah. Russell. <laughs> yeah. But I but, mean, but, but the politics are totally obviously true, right? We know that those were the issues that, and we all love those. And then now they don't care about those issues. You know, they care about these insane things that don't make any sense. I mean, that don't exist or like exist that they exaggerate so wildly. It's just not even, God, what was it today? The stat I saw, Democrat, fuck, 50%. Are you talking about the Bill Maher thing? Yes. What was Bill yeah, Maher? That yeah, that was great. Yeah, that uh, when polled, um, Democrats said that uh covid will oh right i would say covid are we gonna get flagged here and it's like so it's yeah, like it yeah they're gonna be like well, for information about vaccines go to the cdc uh right. but it was like 40 percent of democrats believe or right. yeah 40 percent of democrats believe that people were dying at a rate of 50 percent and over yes something like that a, right yeah right. i'll put the bill maher thing in the show notes yeah yeah 50 percent when it's like one percent or less than one percent right, right. Right. They believe that fifth. So like almost half of Democrats, that's the educated party, guys. <laughs> Supposedly <laughs> it is. It's the college educated party. Right. They believe that shit that 50 percent of people got COVID like that's so. Listen, that is that's that is an indictment of CNN and MSNBC and The New York Times like I've never seen before. That might be the most damning indictment of the liberal media out the the legacy establishment media outlets which have become just i grew up with those things man i've been reading them since the 1970s right i read the new york times cover to cover every single day for like three decades all right like i read the new yorker all the time like i know i listen to npr daily every day every day for years i loved all these things right um never loved cnn but even cnn is just radically different than it was it, it, it was always bad but like but the new york times it was always an establishment rag in the tank for the democrats no doubt about it but like they're not even pretending. They're not even yeah. trying. They're not even, it's just almost up front. Like we are here for one reason, which is to take down Trump and then take down. What's interesting is that it's really just old fashioned Republican conservative politics now that they're going after. It's really not any different than what like, you know, Reaganites were saying. It's this, in fact, it's softer. And right. in a lot of ways, like Reaganites, what they said about like welfare recipients and shit, like was pretty nasty, you know? Um, but in terms of policies, it's just it's just what used to be just regular old Republican, like conservative Republican, the conservative right. wing, of the, but like half of the Republican Party, like ultra mainstream positions in American discourse and politics. And now they're like, see, this is what like because they control the media, they can cancel them in the media, but that doesn't cancel them in life. They still are there in Alabama haunting you every day, fuckface liberals, you know, in right. San Francisco. Right. Um, I watched Bannon every day, Bannon War Room. Everyone should watch us, swear to God. It's, yeah, like, people, like, it's like this whole window into this whole, as I said, this world that all of liberal, liberal media ignores, you know, you just don't know about these people. And this is why they're so fucking furious. And um, yeah, so well, I don't know. It's, I mean, that's going to be like, 
there's going to be shootouts, man. There's going to be sh- right. There's going to be shootouts yeah. with Trump supporters, with Trump supporters at their houses. They're going to come to somebody's house on some bullshit charge. It's politically motivated because he's a Trump because he was at the Capitol or whatever said this about Nancy Pelosi or what. And there's going to be fucking shootouts. And then guess what? Then the ATF and the FBI and everybody's got the pretext, the justification. And can you imagine CNN, their coverage of this? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's got to be at least one shooter. There's going to be at least one armed conference. Got to be between between oh, a Trump yeah. supporter and cops. Got to be right. OK, we all agree that the likelihood is excellent for that. Now, how is the media going to cover that? This is going to be fucking terrible because then they're going to have you think Charlottesville was a great justification this and now they control government. So, you know, and we like, we had a, we, our second best selling course of all time at Renegade university was, is 3d printed guns, how to make 3d printed guns. You know, I mean, Biden just said he's going to go after ghost guns. He doesn't even know what that means, but he was told to do that, told to say that. And he, I'm sure they will. Um, you know, so I mean, this shit has like major ramifications, right? And um, it, we're entering a really dangerous time, right? Yeah, I mean, which is it, it is it is pretty freaky, you know. There, it almost it's 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 almost like um, there's this this thing of like, well, you you fight against the the thing. And then you win and you become the thing that you were fighting against. So the 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 pure values of the old left, uh, you know, and then they and then they win. And now they're on top of the mountain and they become the cathedral. They become mm. the, the church of woke. They become yeah. the, their enemies yeah. and they, they they just it just becomes insanity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the trappings of the intelligentsia and the intellectual yep. Ivy League establishment, it's a prison. It's a it's a complete ideological prison and they mm-hmm. continuously feed peer reviewed garbage, you know, to people. So then uh, what are you left with? But just a, a nation of, of brain dead zombies that are getting their news from all the places that they still think are reputable. And uh, they're, they're, you know, they're just, they're just in there and you could present all the facts and all the logic and all the data. It's so hard to get any of them because they'll counter you with, with different things or say different things. For example, something like you just said, like I watch Bannon or whatever I could hear, I could imagine people going like, Oh, well, that's it. I don't, I don't trust this guy. It's like, why? Because he, he, (laughs) he is an open mind and he wants to explore all the, the nuance of opinions that are out there. That's the thing that it's like for the, the, the once tolerant left has become the intolerant uh, mm-hmm. cathedral, the church. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, even today I, t- I tweeted something and, and about like vaccines or whatever. And someone goes, Oh, you ever hear of this guy named Q? You should, you should meet him. So it's mm-hmm. like, and James Corbett, who was on your show, who's brilliant. I've been watching him for yeah. years. And, uh, and he said something, I think he said the most powerful weapon is not a nuclear bomb. It's not all the, it's, it's narrative. Right. Yes, he did. So. So what do you think about that? We think we're in a, like a, we're in a narrative warfare where you know, reality has been fragmented. The, 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 there's 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 pieces, you know, you can get information from all over the place. So people could literally are living in different realities. Uh, it's kind of an insane asylum. Yeah. Shelby, Shelby Steele makes this really just brilliant, totally unprovable, but I think totally brilliant argument. Um which is that 
people like Donald Trump <clears throat> and Donald Trump is just the most famous exemplar of this, but you know, anyone who exhibits that kind of attitudes, behaviors about gender, race, sexuality, that stuff, right. Kind of, um, is reminds us on a very deep level of what America, what we imagine America, what, what, what America used to be, what America was before the 1960s, basically pre 1960s America. Mm. Um, and, we are, we have been trained as a nation, as a national culture, to be deeply, deeply ashamed of the old America, right? Have you noticed? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> there, there is, and I was never, of course, I've never been for celebrating America or any of that bullshit, not, you know, but like, but we are trained that there's really nothing good in the past, nothing. This is, I'm a historian. I have a PhD in U.S. history. This is my, this is my training. Trust me. I've read every book, you know, like that's true. It's, it's all bad except for, except for the social movements, you know, except for the, except for the left, <laughs> but America, you know, who are fighting America, right. But America, um, nah, it's all bad. It's all oppression. Um, Shelby Steele says, this is why this explains the outsized reaction to Donald Trump the hysterical reaction to Donald Trump. Like, what was that? You know, like, you know, and it's a really interesting question. Like, I still don't know, but I think on some deep level that it's part of what was going on is that he's the past we're ashamed of, right? He's the father or the grandfather who, who embarrasses us at Thanksgiving because he says stuff about Negroes or something like that, right? <laughs> Um, you know, something, you know, mortifying, like representing old America, you know, what America used to be. And we've, we're, we've grown past that because we're awake now, woke now. Right. Um, so the left has been, yeah, really interested. I'd say solely interested in narrative in a lot of ways. Like they're only interested in symbolic politics. For instance, they really care about the war when, somebody who is aesthetically not pleasing like George Bush is running it, but they don't care at all when someone beautiful like Barack Obama is running the war. Um, uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's a great, I just want to say that's a fantastic yeah. point to make the aesthetics. Oh yeah. That's what they're all I, about. Yeah. That's the yeah. left. Yeah. Uh, oh, narrative. So, um, so they've, they, you know, and this is why the Oscars are so important to them. You ever think about that? Like, who fucking care? Like, I'm on level, like, and I used to like it, but like, it's so, it used to be huge. And by the way, it's diminished. I mean, you got people, younger people don't even know, but like the Oscars no, was like super, yeah. the Super Bowl for, you know, American culture for decades and decades, right? It's like, um, <clears throat> so that, you know, they understood that the narrative is the key to everything. Um, but so much so that they've internalized it. So that to them, the narrative is what matters. The story is what matters. The aesthetic is what matters. You've got to have a certain number of black friends. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You have to, have, you have to have a certain number of gay friends. You know, you have to have a certain, you, you have to, you have to accessorize well with the minorities. Really? And why do they hate capitalism, Mike? You know goddamn well why they hate capitalism because sure. Walmart because Walmart is tacky because McDonald's is tacky because capitalism creates tacky things for the working class. 
things that working class ordinary people like, but we don't like because we're all college educated bourgeois fucks who pretend to be revolutionaries. This back to the history of the left. I wanted to say this. The left in this country, not so much in all other countries, but in the United States of America, the left, the radical left, has been like 99% rich kids. Like Mm -hmm. back to the 19th century, okay? Like 99% rich kids. Look it up. Woody Guthrie, just one example, just off the top of the dome here. Woody Guthrie, right? The famous communist troubadour. Our land is, you know, the communist anthem, which became the national anthem, one of the national anthems, right? Look it up. His dad was like a real estate magnate. Right. A real estate magnate. Like Woody Guthrie. I mean, you name me a famous radical leftist and I will show you a guy with a dad who's a fucking dentist or a doctor or a a politician or who? Jim Morrison. Who? Who is his dad? Oh, wasn't his dad like connected to the intelligence agency? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But the left, man, it's all rich people. So it's rich people's politics. See, that's why it's all superficial. They've never had skin in the game. They've been rich. They've been wealthy people living in the United States. You got no skin in the game. There's nothing. Nothing's going to happen to you. You're good. Right. No bomb's going to drop on your head. No cop's going to hit you over the head. Nothing. You're good. You know? Um, so it's, it's all about movies. It's all about feelings. It's all about optics. It's all about the BLM banner. It, it, it's all about winning, you know, giving a black person an Oscar. It's all about giving a black person uh, something else. And it's all about putting another black person over here and over there and in front and, you know, and having your Facebook profile picture with your one black friend in your arm and arm. You ever notice that? Yeah. And then you could Trend. put the you could put the COVID nineteen banner or whatever they're putting the lens that they're trying to get you to do now on Facebook on that yeah, and too. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, yeah, taking selfies with masks. Yeah. I mean, that's why I tweeted today where my friend was saying something. I was like, you don't need laws to enforce things anymore when you have Uh-oh. shame, guilt, and the culture of cool and whatever the trend is. So it's yeah. all marketing now. It's all, it's all brand slogans and marketing and optics and aesthetics and clickbait and headlines. And there's no depth. So where, where are, like, I think uh, Naomi Wolf tweeted something out the other day that I, that I responded to. And I was just like, you should talking about like, where are these, where are the people? And I'm like, I really can only think of maybe like 10 on my hands, like Matt, Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald, um, maybe like com- even comedians like Jimmy Dore or Aaron yep. Mate, um, yep. you know, Max who Blumenthal. else? Max yeah. Blumenthal. Max Blumenthal. I don't know. Chris Hedges. What do you think about him? You think he's he's in there? Sucks. Horrible. Okay. He's terrible. <laughs> he might be good on some things. No, <laughs> That's what I'll, ter- I'll clip. Check out. Chris Hedges thinks pornography should be banned. All right. Like he's. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he's a terrible leftist. Yeah. Okay. He's so moralistic. He's super Christian. Um. God, he's gross. Yeah. I I don't know why people. He, you know, he's 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 been anti-war, but like for. Which is great, fine, but check it. No, he's he's a huge Christian. I mean, he's an actual Christian, and so it's like so. So politics is like extra moralistic for him, like as moralistic as socialists already are. 
combine that with a preacher, a preacher's morality. Oh, fuck. The guy is like off. That's why he hates porn so much. Like, okay, I didn't know that also, about him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's, like, he's totally puritanical. And again, oh, and the reason my capitalism is so terrible is all of the products. Yeah. Yeah. All of the, all of the goods and services we get, they're yeah. horrible. Because they're because they're, they're so because they're so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's a great point. Right. This this, uh, you know, early on in the in the pandemic, like it was, you know, I think e- even myself, I, I originally was like, oh, shit, like there's something like happening here. Like, what what is this? Like, what's going on? Maybe this is mm-hmm. like kind of serious. And then I quickly went to like, oh, OK, like this is fucking bullshit. But but uh, but the you know, the, the saying that we can't get together for a large group saying that we can't be at a concert, jam packed, sweating, dancing, you know, on copious amounts of psychedelics, loving people. <laughs> you know, the thing that I loved about that kind of 60s spirit revolutionary hmm. Tim Leary kind of like free right. love, you know, kind of right. thing. You don't hear that anymore. You don't hear any talk about l- love. You don't hear any talk about sex. You don't, right. you know, he- hedonism is looked at as like a bad thing. And, 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 and these, things that have have had devastating psychological impacts on people uh from the lockdowns is that we it's not a luxury to be able to get together like to go to Mm. a con like that's not it's not like oh it's just this like frivolous thing it doesn't we don't really need it we could just zoom we could just live stream it's like we really need to be like physical and so i was thinking maybe do you have any thoughts around that like around what happened to sort of sexual liberation and uh love and 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 sweaty messiness you know that because that (laughs) that's that's really what makes life worth living in my opinion otherwise we might as well all be robots um i had a student once say in the middle of a class uh democracy hates sex and she's right um, because sovereigns hate sex. Government officials hate sex. Authorities hate sex. Employers hate sex. Bosses hate sex, right? Generals, captains, coaches, teachers hate sex. Have you noticed <laughs> all those occupations, right? They have nothing good to say about sex, right? Um, so um, what are the uh, implications of living in a society like this? Or maybe you could, you know, like, but, but, and, and why are people so, so easy to accept these kinds of, I don't know, maybe puritanical types of positions in the name. Is it in the name of safety, health, hygiene, you know, this kind of thing? I don't know. Maybe you had something like this happen during the the AIDS thing in the 80s and people were like, oh, well, we have to be care- more careful now or more safe now. So is mm-hmm. it all because, yeah. you know, so is it under the 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 guise of, of that and people are just afraid so they, they're conforming or is there something else that has happened with the culture in the political yeah. sphere? It's yeah. a, no, so it's um, the COVID thing tapped into the, our puritanical streak, you know. Um, so, oh, my point about the occupations; those are those are occupations that hold a lot that hold moral authority, right? So that tells you that the culture, what the culture is, right? What those people represent the dominant culture, the formal culture, right? It's anti-sex. It's it's a puritanical. It's a, there's a deep puritanical streak in our culture, which 
I understand is like weird to hear in some ways and counterintuitive because if you like turn on the computer, there's porn there, you know, I get it, you know, and there you go, even on the street, there's still billboards with like bikinis, you know, chicks and bikinis and right. they still advertise for beer and booze. I get it. But there's still obviously a profound puritanical impulse in American culture. And I think the masking and the lockdowns found a really welcome host, welcoming host there. Mm. Um, right. Wow. Viruses need hosts. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the so the puritanical part of us as a culture was like, yeah, we love showing at least that we, that we sacrifice for the greater good, which is that's the heart of puritanism for God's community. We sacrifice for what God wants. We sacrifice for freedom, our pleasure, our, our, um, our vanity. Right. Right. So the mask is a perfect emblem of puritanism of course you know it's anti-sexual you can't even tell what people look like um you can't you can't see facial expressions so it reduces communication to just the functional right the inflections and and the the facial movements that tell you so much you don't see anymore so language has been reduced the the, the depth and richness of language has been reduced because of that you know people again i said earlier like people think I'm being like childish or something, you know, for being so upset about masks, but it's, it's profound what it does. Um, yeah. So, I mean, imagine a society, imagine a society in which it was permanent and everywhere. I mean, that's, that's a nightmare. Is it not everyone? Like this is not, this is really, really, I need people to be more upset about this. Um, and I am a little, that's, what's most upsetting. Certainly where I live it seems like there are more people who like to wear masks than don't want to wear masks. Mm -hmm. It seems like that. And it seems right. like most people just don't even notice or care. They're fine. They don't care. They don't mind. I'm like, I can't stand that thing. And it's, but on so many levels, I think it does just tremendous damage to the culture. Right. Yeah. As, as, soon, as soon as I started seeing people uh, making masks with uh, cool logos and things like that on it, I was like, oh, it's over. Forget it. Now it's going to become uh, a fashion accessory. And then once it's a fashion accessory, it's not going to go away. And and to me, it, I find it deeply troubling. And I'm going to see my family for the first time in a year and a half. And uh, it, it breaks my heart to see my my nieces and nephews that, that way. Five years oh, old, three kids? years old. Yeah. I mean, it's, tra it's a tragedy, you know, they should and not be wearing masks. They should right. not be. It's not. Ugh. There is no scientific or medical reason for them to wear masks. Right. It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it, it's 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 heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. And but there is you said something there where I need more people to yeah. to be mad about this or understand this. I think oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. And and it's like I feel that as well. I've I feel what. Why? Why do we need more people? What is the, you know, because I've heard people, and I, I mean, I know why, I just want to get your opinion, but I, 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 I've heard people say, you know, look, just like, who cares? Just like live your life, you know, worry about yourself, you know, blah, 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 this and that. It's like, no, I, I want to change things. <laughs> like I want to make a change and I can't do it by myself. You sure as hell can't do it by yourself. That's <clears throat> probably why you started Renegade University is to create an actual change that makes a difference. But yeah. how, how can we get more people on board with this? If they're not paying attention to facts and logic, if they're so wrapped up in the fear, 
what it what is the you know what do we do do we have to come up with a compelling conspiracy like a conspiracy type thing like QAnon and and get people lured in that way but like on the positive side i don't even know no. like what, what no. yeah no no exactly no, vote right. vote mike yeah. you want change in society vote what do you okay. what do you, why you, this is obvious come yeah on. yeah just go to the booth yeah okay just vote and no vote that's off, worked every all. time yeah and, and make sure you vote often, especially if it's in Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, or Michigan. Right. Um, make sure yeah, you vote bring, often. Bring out the dead and, uh, yeah, wear your yes. pins. Yes, make sure when you're there. Um, okay. Well, let's look at historical examples of successful social movements. How about Christianity? There's a good one. So Christianity, pretty successful, right? Maybe the most successful. No, definitely the most successful social movement of all time. Yeah. World champion, Islam is a is a strong second. By the way, those are the those are the two most successful social movements of all time, right? Yep, right. That's what, okay. Um, what? Why? Why is that? Do we think? Uh, I I think you know was it because they just had the like sexiest proselytizers? You know, like they just had the best talent on their team, like going and spreading the gospel. I think, no, I think it was the story. I think it was the story. And then, of course, yes, the way the proselytizers did tell the story later, like the Apostle Paul and others later and all the, all the priests since then, sure. But the story itself, right, of one man sacrificing his life for us, right? And uh, we are offered eternal peace, if we follow his teachings and his teachings are about sharing and loving and giving yourself over and all these things that sound so wonderful, right? <laughs> um, so this story, right? It's just a really compelling story. Um, and so you need to have a compelling story. You, and so libertarians are, phenomenally stupid and bad at this like just absolutely <laughs> retarded there's no story at all they yeah. don't even try there isn't even a libertarian story like socialists have stories what's the libertarian story oh Irwin Schiff died in prison for not paying his taxes like that's all you got like what the fuck um so the problem is that you know I'm talking about actually inventing fiction <laughs> Um, I'm just telling you that unfortunately that's, that's, that's to me what everything is, all discourses and certainly political discourses, it's fiction, narrative, storytelling. It's all the same to me, you know, I mean, right, there's no right. true story out there. Right. Um, so you've got to figure out a way to tell a story that's compelling to people and, and in ways that's not going to just appeal to the old tropes and the old impulses, right? Like, like of self-sacrifice for the greater good, for the nation state, right? By the way, Christ sacrificing his body for, for God, for, for us, for all of us, was really quickly transformed into sacrificing our bodies for the nation state, you know, many centuries later. But it's the same thing, same impulse, right? The soldier is the Christ figure, right? right? The cop is the Christ figure, the dead cop right? Dead soldier. That's why they are the most revered people in all of human, all of American history, right? The dead soldier, the dead cop. So let's come up with a narrative that's not about that, right? That's still going to be appealing to Americans and Europeans, I suppose, but certainly Americans, right? I mean, that's what you got to figure out. You got to figure out something in the American consciousness that 
is consonant with freedom, <laughs> the way that you and I think of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and is not consonant with the authoritarian impulses and the puritanical impulses in America. You know, Americans are co complicated. Even you and I probably have all those in us, right? At the same time, mm -hmm. there's a puritanical part of me. There's a hedonistic part of me, right? Um, there's a probably there's an authoritarian streak in me, sure, you know. And there's a and there's an anarchist streak in me. And there's you know, Americans are it's a complicated culture. So you've got to like thread the needle or whatever it is. Like find that little find those little nooks and crannies in the American consciousness where the good stuff is, and put really compelling stories in there that awaken that part of the mind, that bring it to life, that activate the body right? That move it out the door into the streets or wherever it's going to go, right? Um, I think that celebrating agorism is the way to go. I think that making black market operations sexy is going to go, is going to do the job for us once. And I don't think that's hard to do, right? I think that's, I think that will appeal to Americans in a lot of ways. We're talking about entrepreneurs, right? business people who are bucking the state, the government, the man. And by the way, black market entrepreneurs tend to be not white. <laughs> Very much, right? Start celebrating like black women who own nail salons in the hood underground illegally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Make fucking movies about them. Right. Yes. Yes. Because they're heroes, as a matter of fact, who deserve fucking movies because that's what that's a hero. Hello. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the ones that became so successful that they employ other people. Right. Go in the hood. This is the black market is in the hood. This is where, you know, much we know this. Right. Much of poor and working class America spends a considerable amount of its money in black in the black market. And I'm not even talking about just drugs. Drugs is just one little part of it. You know, right. so um, do that. And then you get, then you get, you get anti-statism and you get entrepreneurialism and you look woke as fuck because you're celebrating black women in the hood. <laughs> yeah. And it's all about the optics and yeah, you are, no. and you yeah. are, and you are woke as fuck because you know what? Those politics are um, far more common among people in the fucking hood than socialism and social democracy and liberalism. Way yeah. more common. Listen to hip hop for, sure. for a sec. Listen to hip hop. Yeah. Hello, black market entrepreneurs. That's all they talk about. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. And it, I mean, it gets to this idea of like, this is where I think this is my like kind of white pill thing is like, you know, um, uh, I know, like I think malice created the term, and then I was I was recently asked about it, but it's really about creating this system that makes the the status quo just look boring, lame, and obsolete. Like it wouldn't make sense to use that because now we have things like encrypted messaging. We have we're connected. You know, people want to do fun things. People want to go to like underground parties and uh mm. you know things of that nature and if you once you start experiencing it and participating in it uh there's like no going back it's like why would i go back to the to this stupid thing uh so yeah make an appealing alternative that that makes it obsolete as uh bucky fuller said it's got to be i mean you can so 
I mean, again, just look to social movements that have been successful, like what's gotten people activated. And now the thing is there's, okay, there, then you have to think about like, what kinds of activation do you want? So there's marching in the streets. We know all about that, you know, yep. um, what exactly has that accomplished? Okay, I'll tell you what it's accomplished. The The number of unarmed black men killed by police is exactly the same as it was 10 years ago. It was exactly the same yes, uh, last year and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. It hasn't changed. Uh, we still have two million, more than two million, pe two million people in prison. That hasn't changed. Go fuck yourselves. Black Lives Matter forever and ever. Go fuck yourselves. You're a bunch of fucking frauds. And by racializing this, by racializing this, you've made it impossible to change the fucking thing because you have no coalition. You think you're going to win just from black people, just from making it a No, here's the thing though. There's a half a million white people in prison. And you know what? There's thousands and thousands of white people whose loved ones were shot to death by cops too, that you could stand on stages with together in a, in a non-racial coalition that, trust me, would absolutely overthrow these dictatorial police regimes we have in many of these cities. Damn straight. But you won't, because it has to be about race. It has to be about race, race, race. And they've accomplished, have you noticed, not a fucking thing. Even, I mean, the defund police thing was so stupid that it's just being all repealed immediately. Like all the cities have changed their minds and gone back on it. Mm -hmm. So we're back to where we were. You know, um, it's just not even, well, we never left. There was never any change because if it's just about the racism in the minds of evil cops, you know, we, we just keep chasing them. We just go get Derek Chauvin and we, we pay attention to that trial and that the trial is the most important thing, you know, because we've got to punish Derek Chauvin, you know, and we've got to, how, but meanwhile, like chokeholds are still illegal, you know, whatever it's about the policy. And meanwhile, all the, there's all these laws passed mostly by liberals and progressives that require the police to interact with civilians on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's, what's causing all the, the killings, by the way, it's those laws mm. for the most part, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like, and I, and so that, the, that white pilling, you know, uh, thing is, is like, okay, I see a way where we all start, you know, doing these things and, and taking part in the black market stuff and just creating the things that we want and getting people involved. But I also kind of see like the, 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 the more chaotic or messier version of that, where it's like, this thing's going to have to like get crazy, but you know, they're going to have to destroy themselves. It's going to have to implode and, and chaos is going to have to happen because, you know, someone, uh, uh, I was at this thing the other day with, uh, this, this author, Charles Eisenstein, are you familiar with Charles Eisenstein? Maybe. Yeah, actually, you guys should have a conversation. That would be great. Um, wow. But he, he he talked about how we have to allow chaos to come in because if we don't allow it to come in, it's going to break the walls down and it's going to mm -hmm. it's going to force its way in. You know, they're, they're, we want this orderly society. We want, and that's where you know we're we're thinking about like the left is getting upset. You know, they they're, they're like we have to. It has to be potato head, not Mister Potato. It's like they're inventing things to get angry about and to get right. worked up about because <laughs> it plays into their identity and the story that they've crafted, and and they won't be seen as a good moral person if they don't have some kind of virtuous thing to get in raged about it's, so it's, it's rich kid politics i'm telling rich you kid politics all, yeah it's all rich kid politics yeah will that blow up in their face will they eat themselves gosh i hope so 
Okay, cool. Well, I don't know. I mean, so, so long as we are a country mostly made up of wealthy, relatively wealthy, sheltered people, um, sheltered from the vicissitudes that most people in the world have faced and still right. face, even, you know, even West people in Europe, you know, they, their standard of living is the same as ours, basically, but they have, you know, they all have relatives who died in a war, you know, like, um, it wasn't that long ago when, when tanks were crossing borders over there, right? Back and forth, back and forth, back. I mean, that's, we don't have that. Like nothing like that happened, you know, since the civil war. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so long as we have these ignorant, wealthy, <laughs> sheltered, comfortable people, we're probably going to have ignorant politics. Right. And yeah. This is why we should not have democracy. I mean, come on. It just seems obvious to me. Like, and ask, you know, tell that to some liberal Democrat. They'll be like, oh my God, you're a fascist. And I'll be like, heresy. So yeah. <laughs> you're the one telling me all the time <laughs> about how stupid and dangerous and racist Americans are right? How, um, how racist and dangerous and fascist Amer ordinary Americans are, but you want them to have the vote over you. You want mm -hmm. them, to, you want, oh, by the way, by the way, whites constitute a majority of the population still, guys. So if you want democracy, that means that's going to be white supremacy. Hello, ding dong. That's white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you want. I love wow. that. Mia. Have you seen that meme? Uh, online where it's like it's like four four out of five citizens love democracy and the four guys are just beating the one guy on the floor it's like, yeah <laughs> totally. yeah yeah i mean it's mob mob rule but i feel like there's just a part of us that's okay with that you know we're, we're just like well yeah you know that's just the way it is what else do you do uh, so I, I i i but i i don't think that you know and what shifting gears a little bit here i want to i want to talk yeah. about about what what is it about the religion of science in our democracy that has um you know oh. plagued our minds and particularly this past year what is okay. going on with this well okay so we we just talked about how ignorant americans are um yeah. and and by the way this is known this is established this is an empirical question i mean americans test way lower than all other countries on basic knowledge and especially about the world. Um, <laughs> um, so I don't know, man, I think it just, I think Americans are hopeless. <laughs> they are, they're so ignorant and it's not going to change. And to me, it just, it, it just needs to be the argument against democracy. We just need to deploy that constantly over and over again <laughs> because it's a profound fact and it's unavoidable uh, that Americans are ignorant. We know this, it's been tested. And they, yeah. Have, yeah. they have the power essentially to determine whether other countries even exist. Mm. They have the power to determine whether there's war, world war. It's really, really a bad idea to put the biggest military superpower under the control of the American people as a whole. That 
seems like an extremely dangerous and bad idea. These people, we know this, right? Some huge percentage of Americans can't identify where Washington, D.C. is on a map. Washington, D.C. And I'm not talking about like within a mile or two. I'm not, I'm saying they don't know it's in the mid-Atlantic. Mm. How many do you think can find Syria on a map? <clears throat> Yet they all just were implored to vote collectively for the guy who just bombed Syria. Right. So it's just like, those are the people who are ultimately making the big, they're making the big decisions, right? The big, it's the American people. It's not the, it's not the military industrial complex. I'm sorry, that goes away tomorrow if the American people decide that the military industrial complex should go away. That goes away instantly. It's the American people are responsible for everything. They're responsible for Trump and Biden. They're responsible for mass incarceration and the war in Syria. They're responsible for everything. I'm sorry, because they keep voting for these fucks and then shaming me when I won't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and probably, probably lumping so, you into categories that don't make sense just because it's easier and convenient for them. Yeah, so at the very least, earn your fucking vote and show me that you know where Syria is before you tell me to vote for Joe Biden. How about that? How about that as a deal? Next time you tell me to vote, vote for Joe Biden, you tell me, you tell me what Article 5 of the North Atlantic Treaty is, okay? You tell me, like, whether or not we're obligated to go to war if any of the member states of NATO are attacked. You t do you know that? No, you didn't know that, did you? You don't know a fucking thing. So this is why we need to constantly talk about the ignorance of Americans and use it as evidence supporting the argument against democracy. There you go. And uh, yeah. Heil, Hi Heil Hitler, Mike. There you go. <laughs> well, I, could, I could edit it in if you want to say, and this is why everybody needs to go to Renegade University. And <laughs> That's up. right. That's right. Yeah. But really, seriously, though, I mean, because it starts with the, with the hearts and minds of kids. And as you're growing up, learning, I mean, it's the, mm -hmm. it's Plato, it's, uh, what, what is it? The, the allegory of the cave, right? Like, yeah. It's yeah. like, hey, yeah. this is all we know. No, there's a whole world out there, but this is the the curated section of uh, the narrative that we want you to buy into, right? Uh, yeah. The story. I mean, you know, those two oceans on either side of us. I mean, that's that's a, that has a lot to do with it. A lot of it's geography. We've just been protected from other major military powers just by luck, basically, of having those two oceans, right? The mil the major military powers have been in Europe and in Asia. And we've just had this huge thing between us and them that's kept us from going. And I, I really think no memory of war has a lot to do with American politics. I think also, and then the wealth, the wealth. We are relatively the wealthiest country on earth. Poor people in America are wealthier than almost anyone else, than, than most people in the rest of the world, than a majority, I think, probably, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure. There are billions of people still who live in like real third world poverty. No one in America lives like that. Um, homeless people on the streets have access to more stuff than the poor in Mozambique. So, um, and, but at the top level, it just creates, yeah, this very superficial politics, right? Because they don't have mm -hmm. to worry about making a buck, you know, the way that, you know what I mean? Like in the big picture, it's not, it's, um, they're not in a, in a, in a depression an economic crisis like that, where it's not about survival. You know, people don't even notice their taxes being taken. Right. People oh yeah. Even, right. Yeah. They don't even notice their, their income. They don't even notice it. They barely think about it. Right. Um, 
So that's why they think the way they do. And that's why it's all symbolism. It's all superficial shit, accessorizing, having black friends, you know, watching the right movies, saying the right things. It's all about, it's like clothing. It's adorning yourself with the correct politics. That's what it's about. It's not about anything real. Um, and that's why they're anti-war one minute and pro-war the next. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why they probably went to circle all the way back, why they went from the 1960s left to the 2020s left. You know, mm. they went from freedom and love and peace, <laughs> desegregation to fucking marriage, right? Gay marriage and then and invading Syria and I mean, and staying in Afghanistan. And I mean, that's their guys did that shit like. Yeah. Well, as long uh, as it's LGBTQ friendly, then it's OK. <laughs> that's their view right like it's like uh, i mean definitely yeah it's like it's like well yeah oh good thing that they're included in the military now it's like well i think uh no one should be included in the military let's just wrap the whole project up bring it back and right. say hey that was uh that was some really horrible shit you know but we see, never do seem to learn yeah see they want to be the emperor too see that's uh, the thing. yeah that's it's it not right just there. The, not just not just the white men they want they want everyone everyone needs to be a, the emperor for a day or something like that yeah anyway yeah next time yeah i'll try to be i'll try to drink some coffee i was getting on some like serious tangents there which are just i don't know may have something to do with drugs what do you wait what drugs <laughs> little cannabis oh yeah well that's good for you it's, it's it opens your mind makes you more creative and introspective you know exactly yeah so yeah. when you do you have like do you do you have guests on who are tripping when you're interviewing them does that happen uh no oh okay no so no. it's all it's all like post hoc discussions of trips not really i mean i it's funny i don't even really talk about psychedelics that much oh. <laughs> i mean like it's a part of it's a part of my lifestyle like that's why i have you on the show that's why i had vin armani on the show i mean he, we talked about psychedelics a little bit there um, you know, who else? Uh, like, I just, I like to have people on the show because it's, it's all well and good. Psychedelics are all well and good, but I don't want to live in a brave new world where it's just orgy porgy and, you know, no real revolution, no real liberation. It's all, you know, simulated, uh, matrix of, 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 of pleasures while, you know, like the, the empire can march across the globe and destroy all of life as we know it. But as long as we have MDMA therapy, we can get, we can get those soldiers that have PTSD the healing they need you know? i agree i disagree with you mike oh yeah okay good i i think you're wrong about that so okay and i think i've been making this argument this whole interview um all right change starts from well yeah change starts from cultural change um and it's from offerings and it's it's also comes I think we would like change to come from offering people something attractive rather than scaring them away from something else. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so MDMA <laughs> and not just that, but sort of the whole psychedelic culture. Right. And, and for that matter, the whole cannabis culture, which I'm very kind of proud of, I don't know, whatever. I, I really like it. You know, I think it's yeah. a really, Oh yeah. Happy 420, by the way. I'm proud to be part of it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, uh, I'm, I'm proud to be associated with it. Put it that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. You know, um, 
there's a lot to offer. And then of course, all the therapeutic uses, you know, which is that's just exploding now into the mainstream, you know, therapeutic uses for, of the psychedelics. And um, it changes people's lives. Sure. You know, I mean, and this yeah, is now yeah. a main, now it's a fairly, Michael Pollan has this huge book. It's like a, a mainstream position now, you know, I've like nor, normies saying this stuff. Um, mushrooms are now legal in Oakland where I live. Um, you know, it's Tim Leary, who you mentioned earlier and who I should have mentioned when I was giving my, my list of great lefties in history He's definitely at the top of that list, you know? Yeah. He, I think is responsible for more good stuff in the sixties than anybody else. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think that's right. You know, I think that's right. So, um, so that's a whole lot to offer. And the thing is, it changes your life too. As I said, um, it really, for many, many people, as you know, it profoundly changes people's lives, even if they don't do the drugs ever again, right? I did MDMA once when I was 19. This is like 500 years ago. But it like, I learned some profound lessons though, you know? And I've learned a ton from cannabis and cannabis has changed me in really good ways. Nice. Really good ways. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so... If you did that, imagine that, right? Imagine if all Americans took MDMA, just, well, just that, just that. I think, mm -hmm. I think we might not have an empire for very long. <laughs> I, I hope so. And I guess I, I, I love how you disagreed with me and offered that because that you're bringing me back because I used to feel that more. And I, I just don't see that now. I see people conforming to, you know, the, the sort of, um, you know, corporate uh, scientism narrative, you know, psychedelic people lining up to get the vaccine, taking pictures of it, wearing masks, kind of conforming to, which is strange to me. So I think for the, 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 what I was talking about was kind of the, the, uh, the, the psychedelic, like the mainstream psychedelic movement, um, I don't even know what to call it, like mainstream psychedelic movement, but the psychedelic movement that that aligns itself with the like establishment, so to speak, you know, it's like and and so I'm like, where are the people that are like, hey, fuck that shit, you know, like and and I, you know where it is it's a lot of black people that don't get the attention, that don't get the the press. I go on Clubhouse, I go into these rooms, they're filled with people that that are from all over the place, a lot of minorities talking about how they use psychedelics and how it changes oh. them. And it, that doesn't get talked about with, uh, you know, maps and all these other places, really, you know, it's like, there's really? the, there's an underground psychedelic movement that the mainstream psychedelic establishment wants to distance itself from because they believe Tim Leary was bad because he caused the backlash that, that, produce the war on drugs that's oh, their narrative wow. so it's a very yeah there's a twisted sort of uh psychedelic scientism oh wow okay so yeah. it's sort of similar to what, what happened with cannabis once it got legalized right there's been a split between the white market and the black market um but um it's so funny that you said what'd you say establishment psychedelic the psychedelic what? scientism establishment yeah yeah <laughs> i was like that there is a psychedelic establishment is so funny right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So where are you on that in that debate? I mean, I think I know, but like, what's your position precisely? My 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 position is that uh, people need to come together to do things that they feel is going to be benefiting themselves without all of the um, bullshit around it that asks you to conform to some kind of social justice platform. So you can be a psychedelic person and you don't have to conform okay. to the psychedelic scientism social justice crowd, which is the mainstream. Oh. I had someone message me privately because they oh. said, Hey, Mike, I really appreciate how you speak out about a lot of this stuff. I actually posted something. They were telling me they posted something on their psychedelic platform where they're a part of this group and they got, they had to take it down. And I, and it was something about masks or vaccine. I forget what it was, but it's questioning the narrative. So it's like, no, 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 don't, don't question the narrative. We don't want the government to come down on us like they did in the sixties with that bad Tim Leary. So just uh, go with the program, go with the program and we'll, it's a game of inches. And, you know, just like, like it's almost like uh, why I I've left kind of like being a libertarian is because it's just like, you guys aren't getting it. Like you're not, that you're not getting, you're not getting the, what I find is if there's a true revolution of the soul of the spirit that happens and you then are changed and you act with integrity to do that. Because once you start conforming to go along, to get along, how long before you become the thing that you were opposed right. to, and it's a betrayal of your soul and you're gaslighting yourself. And now you're just one of them. Yeah, this is like a classic social change theory question. Like this is a big, this is in academia. This is the kind of thing they talk well, about. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're wrapping up the podcast with a small question at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of, it's basically this really old question on the left, on the Marxist left, um, uh, between reform and revolution. So when I was coming up as a Marxist, this was one of the big things we, one of the first things you kind of confronted, like, are you for reform or revolution? You know, and then you looked at like the historical debates about it, you know, going back more than a century, you know, Russians and Germans, like arguing, you know, intellectuals arguing with each other about whether as socialists, we should fight for, you know, um, free healthcare or whether we should call for the whole seizure of the entire means of production by the working class, right? Should it be incremental change or should it be like uh, instantaneous overnight radical revolutionary change, right? Um, and, you know, you're a radical by temperament, sounds like, and yeah. so am I, and so am I. And, well, I mean, to me, okay, take the radical out of the equation. So, th so they're both players, right? And this has always been the case, you know, I mean, the revolutionaries won that debate in Russia, and then they and then they had a revolution. <laughs> um, and what they did was they overthrew the reformists, like the the Bolsheviks literally overthrew the Mensheviks. That was the final stage of the Russian Revolution, right? So they were, you know, and what you got was what you got, right? I mean, so um, change is going to happen. The czars did go away. There was a republic of sorts. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, whatever, you know, it was no longer a monarchy. I mean, socialists will say it was a republic. Others will say it was not, but whatever. Um, my point is that there would have been no Russian revolution if there were no revolutionaries. <laughs> if there were no radicals, if there were no Leninists and Trotskyists, radicals, 
and it was only Mensheviks. If it was only Mensheviks, Russia would look like Sweden. And I mean, maybe that's a better thing, but it would have been a total different outcome. So if you want all drugs decriminalized, which I suspect you do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like yep. you don't want them mentioned in the books at all, right? You don't want the law to have anything to do with drugs, right? Right. Right. You did not any mention. We don't want them to legalize them or illegalize them. We want them right. to just leave us alone entirely. Um, that's a radical, that's a radical vision, a radical outcome. People who are willing to think and speak radically um, must do so for that ever to happen. How could it, ha- it, it doesn't exist as an idea without radical people to conceive of the idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's certainly, and the idea is going to go away real fast if radical people stop advocating for it. So I can guarantee this, the decriminalization of all drugs will never happen if people like you stop talking. Well, I won't, I won't stop talking. Yeah. We're, we're working on a 2022 campaign for statewide Colorado. We did it in Denver uh, where I am uh, in 2019 and um, yeah, oh, wow. the, you're in yeah, Denver. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought you were on the East Coast. No, yeah, I moved to I moved to Denver in 2019. As oh, soon wow. as I got here, I started working on the decrim campaign, and we passed it May 7th. And wow. uh, it, you know, it's been great because you're you you know, <laughs> people don't realize. You know, I know you have to go. I just I wrap it up okay. here, but like it's uh the set and setting aspect of it. There's something that happens to you, uh, maybe at a deep unconscious level, when you're engaging in in an activity that you know that you could be punished for. Right. When you release that fear, then you feel free, more freely to operate. And people who were once good law abiding citizens move over and say, well, now that it's fine, I'll, ge- I'll engage with it. And you teach people how to grow mushrooms and cultivate and learn about it and educate the real truth about it or the yeah. truth about it. And yeah. uh, you, what you do is you empower these people and they become emboldened to be champions of freedom. And so I'm definitely seeing that here in Denver. We're we're definitely moving more in that direction. That's why I moved here. You know, uh, getting a yeah. house in the mountains, creating a little you know situation out there, hosting retreats, doing all kinds of things wow. like that. Because that's how you change. Like I can rant all day about this stuff, but I think you're probably better suited for that. You can make more articulate <laughs> points than I can. Uh, but I'll ta- also continue talking about it and working and working towards it uh, to bring it about because it's like. You could tell people all day long what sex is like, but until they have a sexual experience, you know, then they're going to get it, right? Same thing with psychedelics. You could tell people all day long about the benefits and this and that, but until they experience something, then they're on board, then they'll come on board. And so creating that culture of change and it, and the way that we won the campaign was just grassroots, total grassroots, people going door to door. Hey, have you heard about the benefits of psilocybin mushrooms? You know, no. Okay. God. Or have you? Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. Support. You want to support this? Great. And, um, you know, vote by mail, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, so yeah, it, it's, yeah, I think, I think that there's, there's definitely a chance. Like I'm not, I'm not, uh, pessimistic about it. So I, I have hope, uh, for real change, uh, ch- a change going to come change is going to come. And, oh, it's uh, happening. It's already yeah, happening. It's spreading. Like I said, mushrooms are, le- are legal in Oakland now. And I think other 
places too, right? Isn't there yeah, they're they're yeah, yeah. Oakland, um, Oregon, Denver, uh, there's a bill in New Jersey, right. fucking Washington, DC, decriminalize wow. nature. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's um <laughs> that's yeah. So it's all it's I think what, what's really interesting about the time that we're living in is there's so many things happening at the same time that's almost impossible to track. And it just seems like there's so much chaos and reality has been fragmented into these little bubbles and we're all operating within it. But there's 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 a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. Uh, but we'll we'll see where it goes. And then someone will write the uh, the renegades history of this period after you. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say, you know, AOC. um and Matt Gates, the Trump guy, they didn't they co yeah they co-authored um, a bill to le to somewhat legalize MDMA. Do you know about that? Okay. Interesting. I didn't know about that. No. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was a limited thing. It was you know it was like within a particular context. It was legal, but it was it was radical. And they were the I think they were the only two people who voted for it even or something. I don't know. But they were the they were the co-authors of it. Which is really so that speaks to not how wonderful they are, everyone. <laughs> yeah. But it speaks to that there's some movements underneath both the within Trumpism, because that's Gates is totally a Trump dude. <clears throat> and within sort of the Bernie AOC wing of the Democratic Party, there's some very positive movement along for drugs, drug legalization. Yeah. You know, so that's what that means. And here we That's go back. Full, yeah. Full circle back to the beginning, wherever you look, no matter how terrible, there are some positive, there are some silver linings. There are some, some glimmering, you know, shots of hope. There is yes. a, a shining star in the dark night sky. And uh, yeah, I mean, Trump signed, uh, made the, uh, the right to try act where if you were, you know, diagnosed with a terminal illness that you have the right to try anything to help you with that. So there's right. a lot of good, uh, everywhere. Let's just not get sucked into the trap of uh, contained uh, rebellion or a uh, game of inches reform and really get radical and be renegades. Go to Renegade University, Thaddeus. Tell the people, yeah. man of the people, Thaddeus Russell here, right, right here. <laughs> true man of the people. Tell them where they can go to find you and to uh, get, get more uh, informed about what's really uh, going on. Go to renegadeuniversity.com and then listen to my podcast, Unregistered Weekly, every podcatcher and on YouTube. Excellent. That. Thanks. Thanks. Thank that. Yeah. Those links will be in the show notes. And I have to say unregistered is, is a phenomenal podcast. I remember like in 2017, you, we spoke and you're like, what's this podcasting thing all about? You yeah. know, like I'm thinking about getting into it and I was like, yeah, you know, try this, that. And man, I mean, you are just like, it's just um, like murderers row of heavy hitters, like week after week. And Thank just you. such a good, such a good podcast. I might even do a little intro like you, like, like you do for this one, just to play with it. And cool. cause it's all fantastic. So, Hey man, really Thank appreciate you, it. And, uh, try and stay as sane as you can. We're out there. There are all kinds of people every, every, everywhere you look, whether it's a psychedelic community or like you were saying, the Trumpers or whatever, there's all the people that don't have homes, but we can yeah. all agree on lots of things and we're out there and we're making changes and you're making big changes. My friend with Renegade university and all the work that you do. So. Thanks. A Thank lot. you, Mike. That was awesome. I appreciate that so much, man. You got Thank it. Thank you. All right. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And go to sheathunderwear.com, put in the promo code Mike Adelic, get 20% off. That's 20% off 
uh, for the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs that you're ever going to wear. You will become enlightened from wearing sheath underwear. You will transcend into the eighth dimension from wearing sheath underwear. Sheathunderwear.com, Mikeadelic, 20% off. Do it. Check out the other things. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Help spread this message. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And go to patreon.com slash mikebrank and join the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum, the Discord chat, the patron, uh, the Patreon uh, membership includes bonus episodes, early releases, a lot of good stuff. We're building a great community of free thinkers and psychonauts and just a bunch of awesome, you know, people over there, diverse group of people really uh really really uh enjoy it very much and i and i know you will too so thank you and until next time peace